What's going on, guys? And welcome in to the Bench is Clear podcast, where we cover the best rivalry in all of sports. I am Jesse Gutierrez, and I represent the side of the San Francisco Giants. And I'm Tyler Cohen. I represent the side of the World Series champion, Los Angeles Dodgers. It's getting old already. Uh, let's we're we're done Get last used. year. We, we we don't live in the past anymore. We're going to talk about some offseason stuff really quick. Uh, first thing, qualifying offers. Um, Kevin Gosman accepted it. I was not expecting it. Um, I was expecting them to work out, and they still can. Okay. Can we put in that ant sound right there? <laughs> no, because I'm Cause in control were, of that. Because you were way up. wrong. We well until next week when they sign the when they announce the extension, I'll I'll be wrong until then. But I mean, 18, 18.9 mil ain't bad for uh, Kevin Gosman. I don't think he's going to be too upset with it. So I mean, even if he got a three two year deal for that much, I, I think he would. I don't be think he was expecting that before or last off season. I don't think he could have imagined making no. nineteen million. But there's a definite argument that he was a steal, at least for the Giants, a steal of the uh, of the season. Maybe not because there is a lot of underpaid guys like Yastrzemski and, and all that kind of stuff because they're still in their first couple of years. But he's got to be up there. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I'm I'm sorry. I'm still nursing. <laughs> Talk the, me up. The World Series <laughs> hangover, you know, with my sweet new beer koozie. Unbelievable. Uh, and, and as we're talking about qualifying offers, I do want to mention Marcus Stroman accepting it, which kind of shocked me. Couldn't believe that. I thought he fleeced the Mets. I thought he, you know, opted out of COVID and I thought he fleeced them and he was done. But yeah. I think that a lot just, of Mets fans have a lot of explaining to do with all the shit they talked about him for opting yeah, out midseason. Right. Well, I think that just goes to show that people believe in this new ownership group. And I think the Mets are going to be big players now in free agency. So we'll see. But I think that's definitely going to be a thing. Yeah, dude, there's a lot to be excited for if you're a Met fan. Honestly, the the stuff that that uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name, Stephen Cohen, Cohen, yeah, Cohen, 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 whatever. All the shit he was saying was like a dream. Now about how he's doing this for, for the fans. He's not. I mean, obviously, he's going to make an abundance of money. But to be like, I'm not going to squeeze every bit of money out. I'd rather create something special. To say that and make that statement is the first. I mean, obviously, he has to do it, but yeah, is 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 a huge step. And I can't remember any owner saying anything close to that. Uh, the Dodger ownership group did after Frank McCourt royally screwed the team and just fucked everything up. That ownership group came in and said, "We want to win," and they've done okay nothing but since. Okay, but the winning is different than, hey, I'm not going to try to squeeze every bit of money out, and we're going to do this for the fans to create something special. That's a little bit different. Every the team says thing. they want to win. He's every team says they want to no, win. He's implying that he's not going to let money get in the way of winning. That's yeah. the differentiator here, is he's going to be willing to spend money. Also, huge congratulations to Trevor Bauer, the yeah. 2020 Cy Young winner. Congrats. The future Dodger, who's going to sign for four years, Within the next few months, as I've already predicted, no, they're not. They're not. They're not going to spend that money on a starter when they got all that young talent, dude. Not going to happen. Especially well, they got see. David Price. Nah, David gone. One, one more year. Still, I, I don't see it. I mean, I, if anyone pulls it off, it might be the Dodgers because they got that money. But um, and their their team's pretty attractive. Was uh, Bowers unanimous or was it just Bieber? No, unanimous? Bieber. Bieber got unanimous. He got 31st place votes and mm. Bauer got 27. So it was uh, close. Pretty, pretty close. Darvish, yeah. Darvish got a couple. 
Kevin Cash won manager of the year. Uh, that's pretty funny. For the Dodgers. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I mean, he definitely deserves it. He really does. Yeah, because it's just regular season. And, and the Don Mattingly one, I get it. You know, I mean, that team is shit. And they made the playoffs and they had the COVID outbreak and had so many different players. So I get it. But having experienced Don Manley as a manager for however many years, I don't see it. And I think it's kind of a poor excuse giving a guy who got bounced from the playoffs in what normally would be the first round mm-hmm. manager of the year. But it is what it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's just obvious the obvious turmoils and, and the lack of talent on the roster and where he took them. That's usually where the manager of the year, like, ask, like, what, 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 who gets appointed? So, and maybe a shortened season helped, and and they had to jump over a few uh, COVID hurdles. Um, I mean, self-inflicted COVID hurdles, but yeah. still. Um, and manager of the year is just is just a funny one to me because there's just so many like times where like a a one-off manager will win it, and then two years later he'll get fired. But like someone like Bruce Bochy didn't win in any uh, any of the giants heyday like when he would like led uh, an underrated team to a world series multiple times it's like i don't know it, it's just kind of weird to me I, I feel like that's the the least higher the the least highest award of them all and yeah i feel I, like I, that's, I, more more flukes get it than anything yeah it's the most worthless award yeah I guess, there we go the that's the best way to put, way to put it. it yeah because mm-hmm. i mean dave roberts won it in his first year hasn't won it since in his first year we got bounced in the cs then we make the World Series two years in a row. You know, now we win the World Series, and he's not really a part of the conversations. Do yeah. I care? No. Do you care that Boshi didn't win and got <laughs> three World Series? No. No. no, no, definitely not. I'd rather have the uh, World Series ring. Um, right. But and rookies of the year, Kyle Lewis and Devin Williams. That I mean, it's really cool when a reliever gets it because I, I mean, obviously he was extremely dominant. And it was a shame he wasn't in the first round of the playoffs. Um, where the only place the Brewers played, but uh, you know, he's his shit's good. Um, and I I love it. I mean, Kyle Lewis, unanimous. Dude, Kyle Lewis, year, love it. Kyle Lewis helped carry my fantasy team this year as a rookie. <laughs> I took a I took a chance on him, and he was great. And I mean, I think the Mariners don't have anything to be excited about except for Kyle Lewis. It's pretty mm-hmm. much all they got. So, I think I load a farm system. So, and I'm I'm glad they didn't give it to Luis Robert because of all the hype with 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 everything going on with the White Sox and and you know how MLB was just so on, which he's very good and and, and they should be um you know promoting him. But Kyle Lewis had the better year, so um yeah, that's. I just want to make a I'm quick doing. point for uh, everyone who was shitting on me earlier this year. I didn't. I don't think I really said it on the podcast, but I was very vocal about it just in my personal life about uh, how Gavin Lux wasn't going to be even close to <laughs> the year. Yeah, bow down. Damn. 
wasn't you should have you should have said it more on the podcast and if you would have said it more he would have been rookie of the year yeah right given well, given how your takes have went this uh this season yeah i think we're going to be talking about him a lot in the in the upcoming weeks and uh is he he'll still be a prospect so um this year i believe i mean like I think, he's still I a prospect, think he'll right? be eligible for rookie of the yeah year that's what i'm saying so yeah. it's definitely a possibility so you can you can put that negative juju on him if you want give me zach mckinstry any day our boy zach Zach McKinney. I love it. One thing we do got to talk about really fast before we get into our interview for the uh, The... interview for the episode. Uh, We got to talk about Mac Williamson suing the Giants. Uh, Not a good look. Um, He obviously fell into tripped over the the pitching mounds, the bullpen mounds at AT AT&T, falling headfirst into the wall. And uh, while Bryce Harper was up and you see Bryce on that on that, uh, that little replay. I get it as far as being upset, feeling like they took your career because he feels like he still feels it. But fuck, dude, you knew they were there. Like, you can't sue sue a team yeah, for that, that, I feel like. But that's bullshit. I mean, you're, you're required to play there. There's nothing you can do. As a player, you can't be like, oh, I'm going to sit out this game because there's this potential danger that only, yeah. you know, three stadiums have because it's a horrible idea. Yeah. I mean, and, But to I sue a it. team, I, I don't... I don't know. I'm not for it. I, I, I've... They potentially ended his career, as he stated, and the Giants are a billion-dollar organization. And you're, yeah. you're suing him for, what, $22 million, I believe it was, something around that. Like, come on. Really? <sighs> yeah, I hate I – hate, because here's the thing. In my head, it's like you knew they were there. If, like, you know that they're there, you should – like, you can't blame someone for you falling. That's in my head. But at the same time, I'm also not going to be like – Let's save the millions from the billion dollar company. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so, but that logic's the same as like, you know, there's an inherent risk when driving your car. So if some drunk driver hits you and causes a horrible injury, you're but not going to, that, that would be like you, but that would be like you causing the accident. He didn't cause it. He did. Yes, he did. He ran right into it. He knew that it was there. You, dog, when you're tracking down a ball, you don't. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I disagree yeah, with you know what? hardly on this one. I'm I'm not a fan of it, but at the same time, get your money, Mac. Uh, I don't know. I'm You're just ignorant fun. to it, I guess. But You're just an ignorant son of a bitch. That's, I'm ignorant. That's what I am. We have a great guest for you guys. Uh, but let's talk in some lighter points. And I would like to welcome into the Benches Cleared podcast, our favorite catcher, Giants opening day catcher, Tyler Heineman. What's going on, my guy? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Uh, so how's your offseason going, man? That's good. You know, I mean, got my wife and I just bought a house uh, last December, but we really moved in, in in during the pandemic. So this is the first off season that I get to really live in the house and we have some house repairs that need to be done and she she works. So that's uh, that's my job. Oh, you got you got the honeydews then. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. You have you hurt yourself at, at all to, um, doing some stuff yet? No, knock on wood. Uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't uh, hurt myself, but I enjoy doing it. It's fun getting to know kind of like, you know, fixing things and rewiring electrical stuff and, and all that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. So, um, you know, I'm excited to, to keep learning. YouTube is a wonderful thing. Yes, YouTube is a wonderful thing, but there are some things that I just, you have to learn from like my, one of my dad's buddies is a, uh, contractor so like i just mm. talked to him uh i feel like it's 
a little bit more of a full encompassing um, way to uh, approach a situation than to just go, Hey, you know, my electrical outlet is messed up. And then I just follow what YouTube says, you know, cause I couldn't uh -huh. something or let me just slam a screwdriver in there and see what happens. See if I get a shot. Pretty much. <laughs> you know, I, I actually bought a house in the 1950s. Like, no, the house was built in the 1950s. I obviously didn't buy one in the 1950s. And uh, something went wrong with a circuit breaker. And you, we opened the, the panel, and there was only four circuits on that thing without even a main. Yeah. So uh, I literally almost killed myself trying to pull out a, a, a circuit, like one of the busted ones. And I guess, like, when the screwdriver hit the top of the circuit, the, the electrical panel, it made it ground and it just. Pfft, craziness so if the Jeez. handle wasn't rubber i probably wouldn't be here seriously that's freaky <laughs> that's what happens when you don't want to pay someone to uh to do your shit though so yeah Jeez. yeah so don't don't do what jesse does don't do it yeah and i feel like i mean it's good that you enjoy doing it but if you didn't i feel like you have a pretty easy way out like honey you know my the future of my career kind of depends on me not being hurt so <laughs> i'm just gonna I'm just gonna call someone. Take yeah, absolutely. You know, just during during these COVID times, it's like, hey, do we, how many people do we want in our house? You know, yeah, and, yeah. you know, yeah, but, uh, that is true. I think it's. I think these are good, uh, kind of just lessons to learn for later on in life. You know, so instead of just hiring a guy all the time, just learning the basics of, you know, home renovation, home, just anything that goes wrong throughout a home's lifetime or your time in there. Um, you know, just, just being able to do some stuff so you don't have to just have a service call every time someone comes for yeah. something that takes two minutes, you know? Yeah. And right. then when you're trying to fix something, you break something else, then you have to get a hold. Yeah. It's, it's, it's being a homeowner, I guess. But uh, speaking on, uh, on, on COVID and, 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 you know, what's going on, what's like, I, I know we hear all the time, the differences from last season to this season of like, you no know, fans and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But is there anything that was like not talked about that was maybe insignificant but annoying or something? Um, no, I mean I think I think everything that was was done protocol wise and and, and you know I mean the no fan there there wasn't really an annoying thing. Um, the only thing that I would say was a little frustrating was um, we had to limit our time at the ballpark, um, and I'm kind of a baseball ballpark rat. Like I try to get there early and leave late um, just cause I enjoy being there. I like taking my time, doing my routine, uh, doing a crossword at the field, kind of having lunch there, chilling, having dinner, doing, doing all of my recovery stuff that I have to do. Um, and they limit it. You know, you can only get there six hours uh, before the game and then you have to leave 90 minutes after the game. So like everything was kind of rushed. Uh, that was kind of annoying. Mm -hmm. uh, and not being able to look at in-game video uh, of your bats or, or pitches and stuff like that, it was, was definitely frustrating. But uh, I think that that's going to be a new rule. I don't know if it's because of COVID. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. But I think it's going to be a new rule because of the, the cheating scandal stuff. Mm. So um, that was frustrating, and I know a lot of veterans are frustrated with that, um, not being able to. But actually, you know what? I think it might be because of this year, because we might not have had allowed to have a certain amount of people in a room um, mm -hmm. because of, you know, there was like two, two person maximum in, in a small video room or something like that. 
Crazy. What what was it like? Because we, as Dodger fans, we got to see it firsthand with Corey and Kyle Seeger playing one another and not being able to, you know, do the normal routine. But you also, you and your brother played against one another. What was that like, you know, kind of pregame, since I'm sure you imagined it happening a little bit differently than how it actually carried out? Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was, it was weird for sure. Um, we weren't able to to go to dinner the night before we weren't able to hang out before, um, you know, we saw each other when out when we were taking BP, he came out and we took some pictures, but, um, you know, it was definitely a different experience than, than what we thought. And our, our families wouldn't, weren't able to be there. Um, so, you know, I know that that was tough for them and, and they wish they could be there. Um, and we wish we could, we, they could be there as well as, um, you know, it's something that, doesn't happen very often. So, um, you know, I think I, I, like I told, uh, my wife and I've told a couple of friends, it's, it was awesome to play my brother. Um, I think it's going to be something that I'm really going to cherish later on in, in, in my life when baseball is said and done and, and, you know, I can really reminisce and reflect back on it. But, um, I think right now it wasn't anything that was, I think we expected to be here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, not, not in an arrogant way, but expected in like a, you know, we had always been driven to, to be professional baseball players. And, you know, the end goal was to play in the big leagues and play in the big leagues against each other or with each other. So it was like, we were constantly pushing to, to get there. And once it was able to happen, like, it's cool, but like we wanted, we want to keep going, you know, we, we don't right. want to, yeah. We want to have it happen multiple times. Um, so uh, I think, you know, it really, I guess, just hasn't really sunk in. Um, and I don't think it's going to sink in until I'm, I'm done playing for sure. Yeah, that's – yeah, it's, I feel like some some people, especially in the media, were, like, saying that you gave your brother a meatball because he uh, ended one taking one uh, hit the home run. But uh, did, you, did you – did that uh, get to you? Uh, I mean, I've heard – I've heard things he, – it's tough. Well, first of all, um, if you look at the pitch that he hit, uh-huh. it was actually a ball out of the strike zone up and away. Uh, and he hit it right down the line in right field where it would never go out anywhere else, maybe except for Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like it was a, a meatball. But, um, you know, it's funny because every time I've played him, uh, I've played him in the minor leagues three times and now in the big leagues once. Um, and every time – like. I've been catching while he's, while he's in the game, every time he's one for four with a home run. Um, so he's got, he's got four home runs. Uh, he's, he's four for 12 with four home runs when I catch, which is, uh, it's pretty incredible. Um, so it's almost like if he goes over three, you just tell the pitcher, like, you need to hit this guy. Yeah. I can't have get another home run off me. Pretty much. I mean, it's, I think it's happened twice or three times in the last of that as well. So, you know, definitely next time we face him, if he's over three, <laughs> then it's like, I'll just stand up and I'll just say, hey, yeah. we're going to potentially walk you. Well, he's, pray- he's praying to God that you don't end up in the Rangers organization or you guys both end up somewhere together because then his hot streak's gone. It's over. <laughs> but that would be, would be a cool thing to uh, to play with him. But, yeah, 100%, I think uh, he wants to me, he wants me behind the plate as much as he can because if, if, if he's hitting – if he's going one for four with a homer every single game, then he's uh, – He's doing something right, and he's going to play for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I know a lot of people talk to you about your magic. Um, 
one thing that I'm always really curious about with uh, people who do magic is I want what's like the the best reaction you've gotten and like the worst reaction you've gotten uh, out of somebody. Um, the best reaction is usually when like someone screams and like runs away. Those are, <laughs> those are the best. Like they're just in complete disbelief mm -hmm. uh, that was even possible. And so I love that. And the worst reaction and believe it or not, it happens more times than you think is you can probably guess it, but it's, I know how you did that. <laughs> just ruins it. 95% of the time, literally 95% of the time. It's, I mean, once in a blue moon, I'll say, okay. Like they'll explain to me how they thought I did it. And 95% of the time they're wrong. They just, <laughs> they just don't, they just don't want to submit to like the, illusion they don't want to get got. like the, yeah they just don't want to get got yeah i mean yeah. It's, it's basically how, what it came down to it's like they don't want to get got and you know they want to prove that that you can't fool them um and they just can't enjoy it but i think the people that kind of just don't really try and figure it out are the ones that enjoy it the most so yeah you know that's like me i mean i, I when i'm watching someone else do any sort of magic I don't try and figure out how they do it. I just want to learn. I just want to know, like, I want to be there and, and, and be present and just like enjoy what, what the end result is going to be. And then at the end, if I really want to learn it or, you know, if I'm trying to figure out how to do it, then I'll, then I'll replay it in my yeah. mind. If I you don't always have to be cool guy. You know, you could just watch the show and be amazed. 100%. Have one thing, well, because I watched, I don't know if you've seen this clip, but um, uh, David Blaine did some magic one time for like Harrison Ford, and yeah. he was like, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, yeah. Like, has that ever happened to you? With the fart, well, I never, I haven't really done it in houses like that, but yeah, that's that's the reaction that, that I like where, you know, when people get mad, um, <laughs> because it's it's cool yeah that, that happened he did that with the uh with the orange when he put a card in an orange but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah that those reactions are, are always what you kind of hope to get <laughs> yeah i saw and one one thing i guess uh I, I saw the the clip of you doing magic in the uh the diamondback clubhouse right the the card trick with the with the, the flames and shit right um and it's one thing that I picked up on, I guess, when you started talking about voodoo, right? And then you saw uh, Jazz Chisholm was just kind of like, because I don't know if you know this, anybody with like pigment, right? Like me, if I hear voodoo or anything like, like supernatural, like I'm freaked out. Like we're like, want to like light some sage and shit and like get out. Like it's, it is spooky. That's why the, uh, that's why the Dominicans and, uh, you know, the Venezuelan guys just, I love doing magic for them because some of them are, are like, no, this isn't real. And then they'll, they'll just be like, I know how you did that. But, but most of them will kind of just enjoy it and then have the best reactions at the end. That's what got me into <laughs> no. it. I was playing there in 2015. Um, and I knew some very simple card tricks. That's how, that's how I got into it because of the mm. reactions that I got. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like no, no one's came up to you with some sage or uh, Palo Santo and just like, dude, you need some help. Because no. I wouldn't do, I wouldn't even watch like, like, like scary movies that have like demon possession. Like, no, bro, once you let, because yeah, that's the thing. It's such like, a once, baby. 
like once you let that in, bro, like you're you're fucked. Like I I, I don't understand it. But I, I, I don't want to understand that. Yeah, you're you're That's a little scary, baby. So it, last point on your magic. That's why you, people like you always die in scary movies because like, yeah. oh no, it's okay, it's haunted, mm. it's it's a nice house. God, Done. You're such a baby. For do you sure. do you foresee pursuing magic kind of like if you're familiar with John Dornboss, the long mm-hmm. snapper for the Eagles? Yeah. Is that kind of your trajectory after your playing career? Is maybe pursue magic in a more serious fashion? Uh, I don't think so. You know, I really, I really have no idea to be honest. But uh, I don't really do it to to gain any sort of like publicity or, or you know. It's just I, I enjoy doing it for friends and family, um, but I don't know if like I'd only want to do that or or have that be like a, a side gig or you know I know some magicians and um, and how they have to hustle and you know it's 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 tough. Like yeah. these guys are really good at what they do. John Dornbaugh, perfect example. He's really good at what he does, um, but like these, some of these guys, like he doesn't compare to. He's a very good person, like. He's a good show show person and he's got a really good like charisma and character, but like his skills don't really compare to the guys that have been doing it for their entire lives from seven till whatever, 35. Right. You know what I mean? Like you, you can see it. If you really look, Shin Lim is one example who he's, he's a person, he won America's Got Talent, but he's a person that hasn't been doing it for that long, but he was like a piano wizard until he got carpal tunnel and couldn't do so it. He's just a genius. Yeah, he has like he has like <laughs> finger dexterity like crazy, you know, yeah. and like just some of the stuff. I don't know. You just gotta watch some like Penn and Teller fool us, and you'll see guys that do card stuff like Javi Benitez and and all these just card freaks that are incredible with manipulating cards. Like, I mean, that would take me. It's it's like me starting from scratch and trying to be a major league baseball. It's like from from when I'm 20 years old and I've never played baseball. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe like I've played in college, like equivalent. I use, I use my magic skills as the equivalent of maybe like <laughs> a college level player. And it's like, and then I stopped playing for seven years. Then I'm like, Oh, you know what? I want to go play pro ball. Yeah, it could happen, but <laughs> I think I'm just going to skip right up to the the big league club. No minors. I'm just going to go for it. Are, yeah, the chances are slim. Um, so I just, I just enjoy doing it, and you know, if something happens later, great. But you know, I'm not definitely not expecting it, and I'm mm. not going to actively pursue it. Well, I mean, even after your catching career, you definitely might have a. a have a, a, a tryout at least for, for a pitching career. You, you pitched last year. Um, what, what was that like? Or how, you know what? I mean, yeah. How was it like, but also like, how did that unfold? Um, well, we were getting our ass kicked, you know, yeah. that's usually how it starts. We didn't, we, yeah. we didn't have to, we didn't have to go there. We could have just talked was, about the pitch. Events. I was behind the plate, you know, I, um, we just, we just got beat, you know, we were getting mm-hmm. beat. I was, I was putting the wrong fingers down. That's, that's usually how it happens. And uh-huh. um, th- we just, you know, they didn't want to, they didn't want to use their bullpen cap just wanted to, wanted to save the bullpen for the next day. And, mm-hmm. you know, he just asked me if I've, uh, I've, I was asked earlier on um, uh, a different day if I could pitch um, like if I could throw strikes, I said, yeah. You know, it's not really not that hard for me to throw strikes. Um, so 
it just happened that day. I almost went into a different game, but uh, it just happened that game that, you know, they didn't want to use anybody else. And they said, all right, go get them. Just throw strikes and, and let's try and get out of the inning. Yeah. Ground out in a double play. Uh, you have a zero ERA, which best on the Giants team. I mean, I'm not sure if you want to take that and wear that or how does that make you feel? Just try. I just try and do my job, honestly. Like <laughs> anything, I anything I can do. Um, I, heard, I had a funny, heard a funny tweet. Um, forgot who it was. Maybe it was like Mark Sanchez, who's a, uh, uh, he's a beat writer. Trying to write, yeah, for yeah. KBR. Yeah. He said something that like since the game that Tyler Heineman was the Giants' best reliever, the Giants have had like the second best ERA in all of baseball, and I was like, <laughs> that's awesome. You know, uh-huh. I, I maybe maybe it set off some sort of just fire under under our pitchers' butts, and and <laughs> it, they you know the second half of the season they really excelled and and did an incredible mm-hmm. job. So, um, you know, you can chalk that up to experience with with young guys like Caleb Berger and stuff like that. But um, I, they did a tremendous job. So, no, I'm not going to take it as I was the Giants' best reliever, but. If in any way that I, I, you know, gave them some perspective and, and they figured if, if, if I had any help in, in them doing better um, at the second half of the year, um, that's awesome. And, and I'm just I'm very happy for them and, and happy for the Giants. Well, I'm sure no one wanted to lose their job to a catcher. So I'm sure they're all like, <laughs> we need to get our shit together. This guy's blowing us out of the water right now. I mean, maybe, you know, but also <laughs> Dubon had made a nice play in center field. So yeah, that, that would have been a run. Uh, there was a double in there. So uh, you get lucky every once in a while. Uh, I certainly can't do what, uh, what these guys do on a daily basis on the mound. That's for sure. Yeah, but it was, it, it's always kind of fun to see and, and, and all that kind of stuff, especially in a, in a blowout, you know, it's, it's something to watch, but um, talking about, I, I was, Watching on uh, on your charity and what it's called prime time team prime time yeah team team prime time, prime time. um and you guys do uh, events every single year to to raise money so team prime time is a nonprofit organization in Southern California well I guess they're all over now um, they're getting they're getting better um, but basically there's two parts of it one part is um, team prime time which is an after school program for at risk youth kids um, mm-hmm. that uh, is designed to try and improve graduation rates, uh, decrease juvenile crime, and you know, kind of <clears throat> fit them and mold them the way that you know, just to get like further their education, potentially further education, go to college and, and get into the working world. Um, the thing that my family, uh, my brother and I, my dad fell in love with was the primetime games, which was these at-risk youth kids, these uh, at-risk at risk youth kids <laughs> are the uh, um, they become the peer coaches or mentors for uh, children with disabilities and um, they pair up with children with disabilities and team primetime um, produces a league that is plays like schools with kids with disabilities uh, play other schools hmm. And it's not in like, it's like a high school type league. So think like high school baseball, but like, it's a different league Mm. where these kids play against each other um, and they can enjoy 
the high school experience of, of being an athlete. Cause you know how it is like high school and, and stuff, everything is starting to get more competitive. So um, a lot of these kids um, with disabilities, you know, uh, they're not really able to uh, join, a, join the baseball team because they'll get cut, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so this allows them to, to still have that experience and kind of learn the valuable lessons that a lot of athletes learn. Um, you know, there's so much accountability, um, time management, teamwork, all, all the uh, winning, uh, being a good sport, all these things that, you know, I learned through sports. Obviously, there are other ways to learn it, but I learned through sports and my brother learned through sports. Like, uh, and it helped us kind of shape the people that we are today. So uh, it just allows them an avenue to, to explore that and, and to learn that. And, you know, it, for the kids that are at risk, um, the ones that are mentoring these, these uh, children with disabilities, like, you know, they get a different perspective. They're like, wow, my life, my life really isn't that bad or, you know, uh, I, they get a lot more out of it than, than you would think. Um, and it's, it's just a, uh, it's, it's very, it's a very nice, it's just, it's just such a heartwarming type, um, organization. But anyway, so my, mm -hmm. my, my parents, my dad and my brother and I, um, we have just started, we wanted to help out in any way we could. Um, and a couple of years ago, uh, like three years ago, we started to kind of ask whatever we could do. And, and we just decided to hold a, a poker charity event two years ago was the first year um, and try to raise money for them. And so, you know, we raised $50,000 the first year. And then last year we raised 80,000. Um, mm -hmm. so we're just, we're trying to get exposure for them and, um, and all that. And obviously you can't hold an event this year, at least for not the, I'm not sure exactly what time of year you were, you were going to hold it, but uh, is there anything, you know, anything, you know, as, as listeners can do to support that? Is it just donations or is there anything coming up? Uh, there is donations and stuff, you know, obviously you can just go to teamprimetime.org and learn um, more about it, but um, we are doing an event. Uh, we're just, we're doing a virtual event. Um, mm on January 28th, it looks like it's not set in stone right now, but, um, you know, we, we don't want to lose the momentum of, of the, uh, people that have really been supporting us. And, and, um, you know, we, we also just, you know, just because of COVID and all that stuff, like these guys are still doing virtual events and, and all that. So, you know, we, we want to do the best we can to, to continue with, with, uh, you know, helping them out in any way. So, uh, it, usually it's been a poker event. So we're, we're figuring out a way to do a virtual poker event, mm. uh, with obviously virtual auctions and, and all that stuff. But, uh, so we're not, nothing set in stone, but my agency is, uh, is working really hard, uh, with the primetime, uh, director and, uh, you know, we're, we're hopeful, we're hopeful that we're going to get something done. Yeah. A lot of people are going to be hanging out. So a virtual thing might just be, you know, might even get more. And, and not as much overhead too with the, everything setting up. So that's that could what, be a good thing. So we hope. Definitely. So, um, so catching Johnny Cueto, what's the hardest thing about catching Johnny Cueto? Um, he's really easy to catch. Honestly, I think, I think really? the biggest thing is, is just, uh, um, trying to learn how he likes to go about, um, his game plan and, mm -hmm. um, and, 
just working with him and knowing knowing what he likes to do and um you know getting his trust uh he's been around the game for a long time he's been an incredible pitcher in the big leagues for for a very long time and um you know if you if you you show him that you care and that you're working to the best of your ability to get him through his outing um mm. and, and get us close to a win uh he's he he'll love you and um you know, it's just it's just putting time and and learning how he likes to go about hitters and listening and reading his body language. Um, but you know, it takes time. It takes a lot of time to 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 learn that. Uh, some some catchers learn it quicker than others, but um, you know, he's he's pretty easy to catch. And you know, that shimmy mm-hmm. stuff and, and all the shakes it, that doesn't that doesn't it's that messes up the hitter for sure, the timing wise. But for us, it mm-hmm. I mean you're still waiting to catch the ball. And then when he yeah. releases it, you catch it, you know? So, yeah, I was going to ask the beginning of the interview too. Did you want me to like, before I ask a question, kind of give maybe a quick <laughs> question. Uh, the, the, the whole knee thing, right. And, and the scooting up um, what they had you do um, is, was that like something like kind of like at another universe or was it just like a, a, a simple, you know, adjustment or what, what, what exactly was the adjustment there? Uh, yeah, you're talking about like the reasoning for like catcher's interference and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm trying to think about the best way to say this. Um, the I am a very I'm like an elite pitch framer with nobody on base, mm-hmm. and like a very below average pitch framer with people on base. Um, okay. So if you look at if you look at the numbers, even the numbers this year. I just got some numbers. I was, again, with, with my amount of uh, pitches caught, I think I only played 13 games, but, like, I was I was near the top in mm-hmm. SL plus, which is strikes looking something or whatever, um, with nobody on, and then near the bottom runners on. So um, a lot of that has to do with my setup and how far away I am from the hitter okay. um, because I tend to go out and reach for balls. Mm-hmm. And so in the beginning of the year, um, obviously you guys were watching the first game of the year um, because mm-hmm. you're both Dodgers and, and Giants fans. Um, mm-hmm. If you, uh, if you remember um, Drew Smiley was throwing and he threw a lot of, and so did uh, uh, Jimenez. He threw a lot of pitches that clipped the bottom of the zone breaking balls that mm-hmm. I, it looked like I caught like crap because the real the reason is I'm super far back from the okay. hitter, and the the only way I can catch the ball is to go down and get it because I'm I'm my I'm super like my my positioning from the hitter is is so far back, and the ball a, a curveball or a slider, but it's basically been their curveballs like it gravity brings it down. So the farther back you are, the lower you're going to have to catch the ball. So. Mm-hmm. I was very far back and, you know, we, we did some research and looked and, you know, basically it was like trying to find a way to scoot up in the box behind the plate and take away some of that break so that I can catch the ball a little bit higher and a little bit with a little bit more, um, I guess, strength in my, in my arm mm-hmm. um, to catch it and, and hold it there. Uh, mm-hmm. I, rather than if I'm fully extended, obviously you guys know, know the whole thing. I'll try and, you know, 
Like yeah. when you're when you're when you're kind of bent a little bit, you have you have more strength. When you're fully extended, it kind of is more shoulder and not elbow, and right. you you just don't have as much strength. So obviously, the farther back you are, you're gonna have to catch it with more of an extended elbow. Um, so you don't have as much strength. So we, we were just we were toying around with it and and trying to figure out what the best way possible um, to do it is, and we thought you know moving up in the box was 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 the key and you know um early on i think you know i had i had the next game i had a, a catcher's interference and then i had one at home against san diego and then i had one against the rockies so um obviously that's frustrating but um you know it ended up not really costing us so mm-hmm. yeah. despite what people said despite <laughs> what people said and how many well, how many people especially writers say the defense it costed the defense. It really didn't because no runs came of it. Yeah, no, in, in no all, runs came in of all it. Three, in all three of the times. But you know what? Mm-hmm. It's okay. I will take blame for it because, you know, it's something that I was working on and, mm-hmm. and it's no fault of anybody else. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that frustrates me when people say it. very costly defense. It didn't cost us. My pitcher bailed me out every single time. <laughs> um, so. Everyone just loves to be a critic. Yeah, Everyone exactly. Being a critic. And I think it's it's really the the thing that stands out to me with hearing your explanation is that's an opening day adjustment. I feel like, I mean, hearing these, um, you know, obviously listening to like KMBR and stuff, I feel like they made it seem like this was an adjustment they were having you do in spring training. And then it was like, well, spring training got, got cut short. So then like, you know, it was, it was just like unfamiliarity with the new way they want you to scoot up or or whatever the deal is, but that makes sense. You're trying to like adjust on the fly. And if you're used to being in a certain position, I mean, just think of something that you do, obviously as a normal person, um, think of something you do every single day, whether it be, you know, something minor, um, you, you can't just, if you have a habit of, of doing something, like you do it a bunch, you can't just change the habit like that, you know? And if you're doing stuff in mid season, it's kind of hard to like, go around those kind of things mid season when you're when you're thrust into a opening day starter role that you know was given to posey because posey is (laughs) one of the best of all time Uh you have to manage you have to manage a staff while trying to figure out how you can uh try and stay in the big leagues and perform in the big leagues and then people are giving you a lot of crap for for things you're doing um yeah no it's uh it was difficult, but um, you know, I think we, we, we're we're doing it from from a for a good reason. And um, yeah, uh, if you can look back at my entire minor league career, um, I've had one catches interference in my entire life. So um, obviously, we were doing something different. Um, but you know, we learn and and we try and get better. And you know, like I said, it, it still didn't really work too much with the uh, with the runners on my my strikes looking above average was, was still, uh, pretty poor. Uh, overall it was good because again, I'm very good with, with nobody on base, but, um, so obviously that wasn't the reason, uh, why I wasn't getting the, the strikes called with runners on base. So, uh, it's back to the drawing board this off season and, and trying to figure out a way to do it so that I can, you know, kind of get closer to even, it's always going to be better when no one's on base. Cause you don't have to worry about blocking, but uh, mm-hmm. the closer I am to even, the more I'm going to be up near the, the top of where, I, where I want to be. 
you know, all the, all the reporters and stuff during COVID, they, they weren't able to come up and ask me questions. It was all via zoom, you know, so uh, stuff, it's hard to get stuff lost in trans. It's very easy to get uh, stuff lost in translation. So, mm. you know, it's not their fault. Everyone's trying to do the best they can and, and reporting yeah. on, but you know, it is, it is a quirky stat, you know, three catches interference is like the most sense. Yeah. I don't even know. I think it was Gary Sanchez. I, I got a bunch of hate, hate threats, but, um, <laughs> You know, uh, that, com- that comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I-, I had a lot of nice things from a lot of people as well. You know, Giants fans are uh, they're very passionate about their team. And, yeah. um, you know, that's there. There's nothing but it's just it's amazing to have no matter what, you know, you're going to have some haters every once in a while. But mm-hmm. did you get more hate for that or calling San Francisco San Fran? Uh, the San Fran thing, probably. <laughs> I had no idea I- about that. So. <laughs> And yeah. I honestly am not because I've never lived in San Francisco ever, so um, I, I I don't really care, you know. And it, to see people get so crazy about that stuff is is kind of funny. But then again, I think of things I get crazy about, and I'm like, ah, I guess maybe. But uh, you know, I'm um, never I'm never gonna I'm never gonna rag on somebody for their opinion. And you know, if it, also if I don't know, you know, someone just informs me. The first person said, "Hey, just don't call it that." uh like one of the first people and I it was like oh I apologize immediately and I was like sorry I'm I'm new um and no it's my first it's, like, well, like Joe all, Dirt yeah. I'm new I'm new I don't know what to do well no I'm glad that you guys brought that up because now I will be officially just referring to the Giants as the San Fran Giants forever so that's a nice yeah, little uh, thing. There had to be like arsenal. a some part of you that kind of wanted to be like dude fuck it San Fran just tweet <laughs> San Fran in all caps <laughs> i respect it you know the people they love their their city and and yeah they have a lot of pride for it so um Mm -hmm. you know i respect it tyler man we really appreciate your time man i don't want to you know keep you on for too long and and and, you know make you have to tell us hey i gotta get the hell out of here but uh we we do these uh little send-offs like little slow pitch questions they're kind of like rapid fire but kind of slower that's why we call them slow pitch um yeah, you have four? Yeah, sure. Awesome. Okay. Favorite high school jam? Uh, wow. Um, let's go with uh, – oh, my gosh. I don't remember. It's an Usher song. Um, I got a bunch of Usher songs. You got it bad. Uh, no, 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 no. It was. It's like a. It's like a mainstream usher song. How was, how is you got a bad not a mainstream usher song? No, okay, yes, it is. That is, but I'm saying like, <laughs> upbeat, like dancey than than that. Like uh, love in this club. No, Dude, I don't think I know right? any usher song. <laughs> how do you not know any usher songs? You I don't know. have to call. It's okay, girl. I'm up. You know what I'm talking about. Come back to this one. It, 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 but it, it's definitely an Usher song because this is mm. rapid fire, so it, it might come back to me because it's a slow pitching arc song. I got also. you. Okay, <laughs> hottest take on food. That'd be I go tahini on watermelon, tahini spice on watermelon. And the I thing don't know is, if that's is, a hot take. That's just delicious. I feel like that should be universally yeah. agreed upon. Okay, the I don't know. Is, I, didn't, I didn't know that until yeah. last year, and when my wife introduced it to me, but it's like the best thing ever so i don't that's, like that's funny because now 
I get ragged on this all the time because it's a it's a very Mexican thing. Like all the all the fruit stands, they all put tahini and and, yeah, and samoy, all that stuff. I am one that I can't stand that shit. I just love what like watermelon's literally my favorite in summer. I'll yeah. buy the quarter watermelons and I'll just uh, eat it with a spoon. Yeah. You really I don't are want, the biggest I don't want anything. I, I don't want anything on it. Watermelon's so fucking perfect, dude. Why do you want to mess with it? I know. I, I, I know. clearly, I clearly struck a nerve when I saw you drop your pen right when I said <laughs> that. <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know if you if you drink have the occasional drink, Tyler. But if you do, or an alcoholic, a, I'm rude. A mango margarita with tahini on the rim instead of salt. It is excellent. It's perfection. I'll try it. I'll try. I'll try it. Michelada. <clears throat> um, gonna love it. If you could strike anybody out, who would that be? Joey Votto. Joey Votto. Is there a backstory behind that? Does he like? Did he dog you at like when you were like a kid or something? No, I just think he's. <laughs> the, I think he's one of the best hitters in baseball. Oh uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, doesn't strike out very often and prides himself on not striking out. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also heard he's one of the toughest at bats in baseball from numerous pitchers just because he spoils pitches and he, does, he just doesn't strike out, you know, yeah. obviously I would think Mike Trout, but Mike strike, Mike Trout strikes out a lot cause he takes a lot of pitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mookie Betts is another one. Just guys that don't strike out very often, uh, would be, would be cool to strike out. Good. All right. Um, I mean, I guess we always ask this like, as like a hypothetical, but what is your walk-up song? Um, my walk-up song last year was um, Magic Man by Heart. By Heart. I don't think I know that one. Don't know it either. It's an older song. <laughs> oh, it gosh. It's, cool. it's got a cool guitar. A uh, good guitar. little like. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Karaoke song. Um, All of Me by John Legend. Dang, so you got some pipes or you just clear out a bar. Both, but I think I think it's clear out of bar. But my wife really likes when I sing like John Legend or um, Josh Turner because I can like sing low. I can mm. get out like baby locked in door. Like I can do. I can learn how to I do cannot, that. I cannot. I cannot. That's literally the song I was thinking. Which is weird because I'm not a country guy at all. But that's literally yeah. the song I was no, thinking so of. She, she likes when I talk like that and can sing like that. So I just I just do it to appease her. But I still think I'm terrible. Wives are into weird things, you know. Gotta love it. It's a, it's inexplainable. Uh, go to dessert. Oh man. Oh, there's too many. Um, I would probably say like a sprinkles cupcake. Have you ever had sprinkles? You know what sprinkles is. Mm-hmm. Those uh, are the ones with like wait, the vending hold machine on. too, right? Did you just did you just add, oh like sprinkles is a company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah not actually sprinkles, you ding dong. <laughs> I was like, Tyler, I know this isn't a full body camera, but I'm not the slimmest. Of no, course, no, no. I know what sprinkles, sprinkles are. Sprinkles, um, sprinkles, uh, uh, red velvet cupcakes are, are my favorite by far. Mm. That's a great choice. I back that 100%. Yeah. <laughs> what would your profession be? Say what? I said we got a Dodger fan backing it. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of brings the stock down. What would your profession be if you weren't a catcher? Something to do with the body. Maybe like someone with my wife does, a physical therapist or a physician's assistant. I really, mm-hmm. I really like how the body works and 
um, just basically the, the rehab behind it, um, just getting people back to normal. So uh, mm-hmm. something like that, I think. So your, your wife's a physical therapist? People she is. She's a Do you ever therapist. annoy the shit out of her being like, you know, I got this short, sore shoulder. <laughs> it's just, I just out. did 10 hours and you want yeah. me to work on you? Only all the time. <laughs> oh, I know uh, you're like the w- worst fed up with me but um you know I just say listen if you want to not work in in 10 years uh <laughs> try and get me right up I'm, I'm your right. best shot of, of having an early retirement not gonna uh, I'm not saying it's nearly even close to guaranteed but I'm your best I am your best yeah, exactly. shot yeah I can't risk the at-home repairs and you need to get my body right Unless, unless you come up with a, uh, an invention that physical therapists use where you, you're making a lot of money, I'm your best shot at, uh, at, not, at not working. Um, the, the, as I get older, it's starting to slim down a little bit, but still, still got a chance. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> How does your wife feel about the magic? Is she like excited about it or is she kind of like, well, oh, fuck, here he goes again? Well, she's one of the, um, she's one of the people that I demo on, so – she sees a lot of the stuff before it's actually really done. So she kind of gets annoyed about it, but uh-huh. she's a trooper. She loves, she stays, she stays with it. And, and she, you know, she always encourages me in everything I do. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a blessing for sure. That's not, yeah, I, I do, uh, I do stand up comedy. So I, I, uh, I tell all my jokes to my wife beforehand. She fucking crushes me all the time. So that's, yeah, the, way, that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. Exactly. That's exactly. what love is. That's what love, yeah. You want an no. honest and ruthless love. Like, like that shit's weak, dude. No, that ain't funny at all. If you could hit a home run off any pitcher in the league, who would it be? In the major leagues or in, are you talking about softball? <clears throat> no, in, in the <laughs> in both. Both. Why not? In major leagues and in a softball rec league. He would just have, that's our segment. We call it soft. We just have shitty, uh, sh- shitty titles. Yeah. But yeah. Um, where, wherever you're thinking. You're going yard off. In the big leagues, um, who am I going yard off of? Um, and remember, you got to pimp it too. So if, 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 if this is going 800 oh, feet dead, dead center, say, and you're going to pimp it, I would say Garrett Cole probably, just because <laughs> I played with him. Good answer. Uh-huh. Um, I, I played with him, and you know. That'd be a cool. I think he's one of the best in the game, and mm. I think that'd be a cool home run, especially catching him and then and then playing against him. Softball, obviously, Jenny Finch. Duh. <laughs> See, I was thinking more like a you know old Greg Maddox who's just like in the adult league because like fuck it, why not? But that's, <laughs> that's, that's that Jenny Finch is a good answer. If it's gonna be any old timer, it's gonna be Bartolo Colon. Oh, big sexy. Ooh. But if you, if you pimp anything off much old timer, I, I don't care if it's softball. They're gonna throw freaking. They're gonna find their ninety mile per hour fastball again and try to hit you in the back of the head. <laughs> but remember, it's ninety miles an hour because they're an old timer. Yeah. <laughs> Only the new guys now. Everybody throws ninety five plus. <laughs> the old guys. You'll have out. time to move. <laughs> the old guys topped out at ninety, but but that game was a lot harder back then. That's mm-hmm. yeah. The game was a lot harder back then, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How, I mean, I know we're supposed to go, but can we do? Are you kind of uh, on that train where it's like Babe Ruth wouldn't uh, wouldn't last in this league today? To Tyler hung up on us. He's done. No, I, I'm. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, should I should I answer this or? 
I respect, I think that, I think that you can only really evaluate talent based on who you're playing. So, uh-huh. um, you know, what he did with the people he played against is absolutely incredible. And, um, you know, uh, I don't think that, I think that like Mike Trout, in my opinion, is, is the best base. Well, you got Barry Bonds, but I think Mike Trout's like the best baseball player of all time, because mm-hmm. I think that like, if you, if he went back time, mm-hmm. like he's going to destroy, he's going to do what Ted Williams did. He's going to do what Tony Gwynn did. Like, Oh yeah. I just think, I think the amount of, look, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from, from absolutely from, from any of those guys that are incredible. Um, mm. But the game is just different. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys like Mike Trout are only facing starting pitching uh, two times through the order, maybe, maybe three times if that guy is cruising. These guys faced the starter for like the whole nine or maybe for a 16 inning game. Like, yeah, like you're 300 facing, pitches. Just look at how many complete games there were back then. Look how many innings like Cy Young and guys like that used. Like, nobody's ever going to throw 300 innings again, ever. Like mm-hmm. it's not going to happen not because bullpens are, are too good. 200 innings is an cre- incredible year. Like bullpens mm-hmm. are too electric. Mm-hmm. Got too many that can throw things and have a nasty slider. And like, it's, it's just, I, I think the game's just evolving and just, just, I think it's, I think it's a, it's tough when, when you're seeing, improvements in like science and physical therapy. And then you're seeing the players like maximize their abilities. More people now throw harder and hit the Mm -hmm. ball farther than the people back then. Not saying Mm -hmm. that some guys weren't freaks and could do it, but it's happening more regularly now. So like Mm -hmm. the overall competition is elevated in my opinion. It's an opinion of mine. Um, uh, I just, I think that, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion absolutely 100 percent. but you know my opinion is yeah the game is 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 tougher um uh from a physical and just skills standpoint now than it was uh, yes back then. yeah i mean you look in five years from now you know there's going to be drive lines in every major league you know every system is going to have the drive line stuff everyone has the rap soto and they're you know doing spin rate. I mean, to even put that in like the same category as back in the day, I don't even think it's close. I mean, just look at like Trevor Bauer's perfect example. And you guys didn't ask me about it, but like look at Trevor Bauer's improvements throughout his career. And especially like this year, that guy works harder or just basically harder than I, than I've ever seen anybody work. Um, he was mm. my roommate in college. So like, he put himself on the mat. Like, I think if you look at spin rates and, and rap Soto data and stuff, like all of his spin rates and spin efficiencies were near the top or at the top in the big leagues this year. And that wasn't the case last year and the year before and the year before that. So like mm. people are just taking, and he's a very analytical person and you know, he, he, he takes all the data and stuff. Like people are using the data and making themselves better and a better version mm-hmm. of themselves. And so, you know, Bauer takes all this data, already works really hard, 
figures a way to work it out and he's he's the 2020 nl cy young you know what i mean yeah. so like, well and just uh, him garrett even- cole garrett cole comes to the astros they learn to throw a four seam with more spin he becomes a whatever he signed for 200 million dollar player as opposed to his two to three starter type numbers when he was in pittsburgh mm-hmm you know, yeah, it's just yeah, I've proven themselves because they have the skills and then now they're getting the information to back that up and, and go from there. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, I, even on Trevor Bauer's, you know, he YouTube, he vlogged this whole season, just seeing all the stuff that goes into why he's so analytically driven and what that means is, I mean, <clears throat> it's crazy that, I mean, no one else is really doing it as hardcore as he is, but I think that's about to shift. But I remember even in oh, yeah. what, 2011, 13, somewhere around there when he, he first came up with Arizona being at a game and watching him warm up and him just throwing foul pole to foul pole. That is something I had never seen before. And I was, even then I thought this is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, yeah. but <laughs> he's, he's just a different breed. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, I think a lot of people just, a lot of players in general don't like to cloud their mind with too many things. So um, some, some people can take it. Some people use information and, and have it, um, you know, work to their advantage and other people it's like analysis by paralysis. So, or paralysis by analysis, sorry. Right. So, like, you know what I mean? Like all um, words I don't know. So that's, that's a lot of athletes all over my head. A lot of athletes are just, you know, <laughs> they're, they're field type players and they, and they try and, you know, feel things through and, and they don't care about the numbers. The numbers are going to be there, you know, if they improve their skills and other people are trying to actively uh, change their numbers and it helps them. You know what I mean? It, it teaches his own. And um, you know, as long as people are working hard and, and trying to get better, that's uh, that's the whole goal, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely like, cause we talk about that. I don't want to say a lot, but it, it's come up multiple times and that's something that we didn't even think about, you know, talking about seeing, you know, starting pitcher the entire game and how that that's obviously easier in, in the and the the upgrade in the level of, of relievers now. I mean, we always talked about, you know, the the level of play just because at the time of Babe Ruth, they weren't even letting everyone play. Only only white guys could play the game, you know? And then also a lot of those guys were had jobs in the offseason. They weren't like baseball players, like, you know, so it's crazy not to think, in my opinion, that the game that today's games players are better than the players back then. Yeah. I mean, I agree, but you know, like I said, there a lot of, it seems like a lot of the people that are arguing this statement are, are guys that watched, you know, my dad's one Johnny. I mean, he, he, he's come to the conclusion now that, that we are better players than, than they were back then. But uh, it took a lot of convincing because, you know, he's, Love Johnny Bazer, Reds fan. Love Johnny Bench, Pete Rose. Like he's just they. The game is just evolved. There's no more bunting. It's like less stealing. Like he liked the grinder, nitty gritty game. Um, Even equipment looks, too, like the gloves. I mean, yes, yeah, outfield yeah. gloves now are like this big, and they can fourteen inches, dive and inches. yeah, exactly. Like so, there's <laughs> a lot of hits getting robbed runs. there. Like pimping home runs. It's just it's it's a different game. And a lot of people that 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 loved America's pastime, you know, are are not the quickest to come around to the new age of how baseball is is yeah. coming. And um, you know, I think they'll come around. Um, but 
You know, if they don't, they, they got don't. you now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, we're, we're going to let you go, Todd, man. I'm, I'm sorry. We kept you so long. We really appreciate you coming on and, uh, you know, don't want to waste any more of your time. So hopefully, you know, you'll come back on at some point. Yeah, no worries. And that song was Yeah by Usher. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Eight I know ten. that one. Got I know it. that one. That was. I thought that was Little John. Little I'm sure. I, don't know. I think he's in there as no, well. But he is in it, Usher. but yes. It's okay. an Usher song. and It's an Usher song, uh, yes. I went to a primarily Jewish high school and – um, we had a lot of bar mitzvahs in like seventh grade and that was like the jam. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. That's interesting. I went to one bar mitzvah, one bot mitzvah in my day, but I don't think Usher was played at any of those. Every single weekend I went to a bot or a bar mitzvah. Okay. So you're equivalent to like a, a bar mitzvah. Off. Yeah. <laughs> you're equivalent to like a bar mitzvah because I'm Mexican is like a baby shower. Like there's always a fucking baby shower or quinceanera or Every single weekend. Every single weekend. I mean, we had 70. I want to say we had 70 people in our in our class. 70. It was a very small school. And I want to say mm. 62 of them were Jewish. Mm. I was wow. one of the only ones that was not Jewish. Just, <laughs> really? Yes. But, you know, they, they throw a killer party. That's for sure. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and here I am, just the lonely Armenian kid, not going to parties. Bar mitzvahs, quinceañeras every weekend. Wait, just totally deprived. You're you're Armenian and you didn't go to parties. They all not, like not like coming of age like bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah, quinceañeras. I mean, yeah, there's still parties. I'm just saying when I when I when I went to go check Third. out wedding venues, ninety percent of them were Armenian. Just because we do it the best. Ninety percent. It, it is what hey, it is. They know how to throw a hall. I gotta tell you that. That's Have a hall it. and yeah. So. Love. Thanks again, Tyler, man. I, I, we really do appreciate it. And we're going to uh, let you go so you don't want to block us forever. Um, but, yeah, thanks again, man. And we, we hope to have you back on sometime. No problem. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Bum, ba, da, da, benchies, bench. This is our – welcome to our award show. It's very important. I'm sure all these players are going to be so happy with the awards we're about to give out. The Benchies. Uh, here's one right here. It's really great. We're going to ship it out, and I'm sure they're going to be so excited. Tyler, why don't you get us started? Poll time! <clears throat> so we, we put out some polls for you guys this week, and the first one we asked was, who was your MVP this season? So for the Dodgers... First bench he goes to. We, hold on. We, we, we gave you the choices of Corey Seager, Mookie Betts, Clayton Kershaw, and Julio Urias. Mookie Betts won by a slim margin. So Mookie, come on down and get your benchy. Give us a call. I know you just bought an, an $8 million mansion today, you know, in Encino, hey, California. So we're not that far from, from one another. Uh, but wow. Mookie edged out Corey Seager 47% to 44%. i am sure and he's going to put it right next to his actual MVP. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to get his own separate trophy yeah. case for the bench. I was – exactly. I, I was a little shocked that Seager was that close. Um, if I, you're including – if you're including postseason, maybe not, but if you're not. And I think that's kind of the issue is some people probably did and some people didn't because mm -hmm. if we were just talking about the postseason, Corey Seager wins by a landslide. But Corey Seager did have a great regular season. So yeah. I don't just think he should that close, but I understand. But Mookie was just fucking stupid. Uh, now to the Giants side, Giants Benchy. This is going to be the – this guy's a little fat little circle guy. Uh, T.Y., this is going to MVP. 
Mike Yastrzemski. Woo! It's yeah. obvious. I mean, Donnie Barrels, uh, Brandon Belt, and Gosman were on it. Uh, Barrels actually got some got some decent amount of votes, seventeen percent. Uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. Defense ain't there, so I don't think it's gonna work for you. But Yastrzemski, it was a landslide. It is what it is. I'm sure you're very happy with it. And for the the best benchy of the episode, this Dodgers World Series champion candle for the Dodgers best rookie is going to be going to Bruzdar Gratterall, my boy Bruzdar. Uh, he edged out Victor Gonzalez, Dustin May, and Tony Gonsolin. I personally voted for Tony Gonsolin. That's just yeah, me. Yeah, I was, I was saying, I don't understand why he's so low. Yeah, he was uh, almost Dustin last. May? Yeah. Uh, I think Dustin May is just kind of the bigger name, but if you look mm. at the numbers, yeah, Gratterall has it. Yeah, Gratterall I think is just popular. That, that's what He's it so is. So cool, I love that man. And now to the benchy for the Giants side, best rookie, rookie of the year, whatever you want to call it, just call him Mauricio Dubon, the Karate Kid. So yeah, that is him, Mauricio. I I, I personally voted for Caleb Barger. Uh, Berger, uh, was Berger guy was a Baraga. You, the dude was super reliable. Um, I think his, his ERA number was a little inflated cause there was like two blow up games, but he just came through, uh, time and time again. But I can't hate the Mauricio Dubon one because Mauricio Dubon is just the shit. Learned a whole new position. That's some great offensive numbers. Mauricio Dubon excited for the dude. All your genes have come true. You've won a Benchy. And for the for the last poll of the week, we asked who was the Dodgers' best reliever in 2020. And come on down, bruised our Gratterall again. Mm-hmm. Getting 40% of the vote, edging out Blake Trinan, Victor Gonzalez. And just for the hell of it, we threw Kenley Jansen in there. Um, I don't know. I think for I'm going to go with Blake bit. Trinan on this one. Yeah, and so did our... So did uh, my my guy at Dudorino, Big Easy. Love the guy. He wanted Blake Trident as well. I don't know him, but I can tell I like him. <laughs> oh, that's it. I thought you were going to give a little bit more of an explanation. No, I mean, Bruzdar was good. I mean, he's he was great. But I think you have Blake Trident coming in in more high-leverage situations. Um, you know, And then if we're talking postseason, if we're including that, he came in some high leverage situations. So did Victor Gonzalez, which I think warrants him getting 20% of the vote. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I have a better feel with Blake Trinan, but I do love me some Bruce Dunn. Yeah. That guy's my boy. Yeah, and I guess Bruce is for sure coming back next year. We'll see about Trinan. Hopefully he'll be wearing some black and orange. And as we're talking about black and orange relievers, it's time for the Giants benchy. We're going to give the best reliever to Tony Watson who hopefully will be coming back next year because he was the Giants' best reliever. Second place coming is Caleb Berger again with 31%. Uh, I, I wish Wandy Peralta got a little bit more love because his numbers were great. Um, but it's Dude, what maybe it is. Tony Watson becomes a Dodger again. Who knows? No, he doesn't like the Dodgers. He, no. He was bummed no. on the Dodgers. He told no, me. He, he hates like, winning. No. He was like, he was like no, I don't want to be on the Dodgers anymore. I don't want to win a World them. Series. Knock no. them. Yeah, I doubt it. 
All right. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for us. As always, <laughs> this episode was brought to you by Renovation Candle Company, where you can save 20% when you use promo code BENCHES. Stack up on all your holiday, fall, whatever candles you need. They got them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Get them while they're hot. Um, we're going to leave a link in the descriptions for the um, Team Prime Time, the, uh, the charity for Tyler Hyman. Thank him again for coming back on. Congratulations to all the Benchies winners. Uh, I, I know this is the greatest achievement of your career, and we are happy to give them to you. And thank you guys for listening. If I could give you a Benchie, I would just for listening. Thank you so much, and we'll see you guys next week. Fuck Aubrey Huff. Fuck him. And the ass. <laughs>